Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. I'm your host, Jay Scott. Welcome back to a- another episode. Hopefully, uh, everybody's getting ready for spring, although it doesn't feel like spring in Chicago. The wind was just crazy today. Bad day to have a hairpiece. And it was like 33 degrees last night, so... Spring's kind of having a difficult time getting started. Hopefully uh, that changes because enough of this uh, chilly weather here. They don't call it the Windy City, though, because of the wind. They call it the Windy City, Chicago, because back in the day, a corrupt politician was called Windy. And, of course, Chicago has always been attached to corruption And that's kind of where it all started. But that is why they call Chicago the Windy City, because of political corruption, not because of the wind. So don't let anybody tell you that. Hopefully you are following us on all podcast platforms or wherever you get your podcast. You can set your app to automatic download so you get the latest episodes of The Hook Rocks. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just follow or search The Hook Rocks on those platforms. Always love communicating and interacting with all my followers and uh, always enjoy the interaction. It's a lot of fun, but some of you guys out there, some of you gals do as well. So thank you for that. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, great network of music-related podcasts. So don't forget to check out that platform at PantheonPodcast.com and on social media such as Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, Pantheon Pods. And check out some of my friends on there, like Decibel Geek, Martin Popoff, The Rock Historian, Mistress Carrie, The Hanging and Banging Podcast with Ron and Nesty, Vinny Apice, and Carmen Apice, and my boys, Tom and Zeus, and the number one rated KISS podcast in the entire galactic universe. Shout out Loudcast. Good for those guys. Always enjoy whenever I get to interact them, interact with them. We've got Zeppelin Chronicles, another episode coming up with them so we'll be recording that shortly we're going to focus on led zeppelin too so be on the lookout for that don't forget to check out some of my other friends and some other places like kaz and the eastern east london radio show she's now a contributor to the emerging rock bands magazine so happy to see that itch rock and radio podcast love those guys they are awesome i can't wait to see aaron at shows here in chicago he lives locally here the other Guys live down in St. Louis. Uh, Bend and Scoop, another great podcast. The American Werewolf, the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Check out Mac B. He's also part of Pantheon Pods. I got to get used to including him in our list or the list that I read off or say at the beginning of every episode. Check out the episode I just did with him on the bracket challenge that we did on the best albums of rock. And we talked what makes a great rock album. So enjoy that conversation with Mac as well. We've had some great episodes over the last few weeks. We just had Matt Wake talking the next wave of the new wave of rock. That initial list that he had back in 2018 that I've mentioned several times in previous episodes on other bands to listen to besides Greta Van Fleet. Not saying you shouldn't listen to Greta because I'm a fan as, as he is, but the bands that he wrote about in that article really um, have been the the bands that are kind of pushing through on this new wave of rock 
And now that they're getting more established, who's the next wave? So we talk the warning, we talk plush, we talk cold stairs, we talk crownlands, uh, many others, south of Eden, a lot of bands we, we talk about. We always talk a lot about new music, and I, I wish I could include everybody in the conversation, but you know, sometimes my, my memory, I get a memory lapse and I don't, but don't take it personal if, I, if you weren't on there. I'm a big fan of new music, big fan of a lot of artists that are out there. And whether it's in the United States, the UK, Canada, Latin America, wherever, Europe, um, fantastic stuff that's happening all over the globe. So check that out. That was a lot of fun. We also had NCR in North America, New Classic Rock in North America. Carl and I discussed the tour with Dorothy, Joyous Wolf, and Classis Act, which I can't wait to see at the end of the month here in April. It's the Gifts from the Holy Ghost tour. The new album, Dorothy, should be out next Friday. Got my pre-order vinyl from Walmart of all places. It's exclusive there. It's a very, very gorgeous vinyl. So I just had to uh, snap that up, swap that up, and get it. So check out that episode. That was a lot of fun to do. We also had Ty Tabber from Kings X on last month. We've had some great new music spotlights with Chains Over Racers, Mike EV, and I, man, that was a great conversation. Talking the old neighborhood, talking their music. They've had a lot of success with their new album. I hope it continues. They're awesome. And, uh, but we were talking just everything here in the Chicago growing up a rock fan. Um, in the places we would go, the places we would hang out and what kind of the atmosphere was. I had a lot of fun doing that show. One of the, uh, probably the, one of the most or, or, or the most fun I've had doing an episode. And you can kind of tell during that conversation, we were really rolling. So that was a good time. Also check out the new music spotlight with Kurt Dimer, uh, who's going to be opening up for Ingve Malmstein on uh, this summer and fall tour, as well as Leah Metcalf from the Mysterines. And Fortune Child, who we had last month too, as well. Plenty of others as too. We've done so many new music spotlights that uh, it really uh, has be. It is a passion of mine. It's a passion of the show. So I hope you continue to hear and learn about new bands and give them a listen. You know, go see them live, like we talked about on the episode with Carl from NCR and NA North New Classic Rock in North America. Um, it's not going to break the bank for you to go see a new show and check some new music out. And you need that. And it keeps the blood flowing, right? Also, check out our quarterly episode, our flagship series that we do with Chris Corradetti, my partner in crime. Love having that guy on. Uh, love having the contributions from the Groove Council, too, as well, who always send in their favorites. We always do quarterly episodes, ranking the albums released over the last quarter, rock albums, I uh, hope you enjoy what we do. You seem to, because every time we release one of those episodes, we just get great feedback and uh, love doing them for you. Love doing them for uh, for everyone that comes in and listens. And don't forget to post what you like, what you're listening to. And hey, if you want to send me a band to check out, always DM me on Twitter. You can message me on Facebook as well as Instagram. Always want to hear new stuff that's out there. It's so hard to keep track with so many great new bands uh, need some help. So don't be afraid to, to do that. We've got a great episode for you tonight. It's uh, a little different. When I first started this podcast, it was really about the journey in the community 
of rock and, and to showcase and spotlight new bands and talk about those bands. And in the beginning, one of the goals I had was to talk about my own personal journey in rock and how what your journey is like, the listener. Because everybody's got their story. Everybody's got their rock story and where it began, uh, whether you know it was not rock music like my journey was. And I'll talk about that in, in just a second. But I think more than more so than ever, and more more than any other genre, I should say, people's journey into music, into rock is so important it's our dna it's our fingerprint right no fingerprint is the same no dna is the same and it really is what makes us who we are as rock fans how we came up how we were exposed to it what was the first connection with music all that stuff and i really want to get to that because i love hearing everyone's stories i love being in that bar at a barbecue around a campfire or a a bonfire, whatever, on a road trip, talking music with fellow music fans and hearing their story because it it brings back a lot of memories. It you may have forgotten about some things and someone who says something, you know, triggers that memory and you just lose track of time. And before you know it, the sun's coming up and you're still talking about music. And I love that. I love what rock music really gives to its fans and the bands, how, what they give to their fans, because there's no other genre. Like I just said, that means more to its fans than rock music, rock to metal. There really isn't. I mean, pop music, those are casual music fans. Those are the fans that, you know, walk into the big box store and hear the music on the back in the background while they're shopping or at Starbucks. They're they're fans of the popular songs that are on the radio. They're the ones that, you know, scream and cheer at weddings when a popular song comes on. And that's great, right? They get joy out of that. We shouldn't say that uh, they shouldn't, but you know, rock fans are about the deep cuts. They're about the album covers. They're about the liner notes. They really deep dive. They do a deep dive in, in the artists that they love because Rock music just grabs you, right? And just never lets you go and and becomes your companion in life. And the lyrics sometimes speak for those fans. They connect with fans. But it all had to start somewhere. And this is going to be an ongoing series for all of you as well as me to kind of talk about my journey and hear your journey. And please, you know, if you do like this episode, please write us a review, but also don't hesitate to reach out or post something on my Twitter feed or Facebook page or an Instagram about your journey and where it started for you. My journey started, as I mentioned in the introduction episode, way back in 2019, coming up on our three-year anniversary here shortly in June, but it was my grandfather who was born in 1924 and was a piano player. And he started in the speakeasies in Chicago and he used to play for the mobsters back in the day. And he was a thunderous booming piano player. Like he hit those keys harder than 
anyone I had heard back when I was a kid, a young kid, and anyone I've heard since then. Every once in a while, I'll stumble upon a piano player at a hotel bar or at a piano bar uh, that reminds me of my grandfather, the way he plays. And it's not often. My grandfather had a certain tone that was very distinct in his playing, a very distinct style. And as I mentioned in the introduction, I used to stay over at my grandparents' house a couple times a month, once a month. You know, it varied. But I always loved going there because my grandma would cook and she'd make cakes and cookies. And my grandma was a fantastic cook. And my grandfather was such an interesting guy because he had a lot of stories to tell about his life and his family, you know, who were my great aunts and uncles. And it gave gave me a sense of who I was. And I would love those conversations with him when he would talk to me about his, his brothers and his one brother, Benny died in the war, world war two. He was um, regarded as a hero because he smothered a grenade in Japan to save his platoon. Uh, my other uncle was a chef in the military and I was also part of the Cubs organization. And I also had another uncle too, who, um, had an interesting life as well, but my grandfather was a great storyteller. And whenever he would talk, he was that type of guy that you'd listen, like you would never interrupt him. You would just sit and stare at him and you, you, you would just listen to every word. And I have that distinct memory of him. He was a smoker. He smoked Winston cigarettes. And I get up in the morning. He'd always be up. My grandparents, I mean, they got up at the crack of dawn, even on Saturday and Sunday. And I, you know, I'd be awakened by the smell of bacon and the smell of breakfast. And I'd get up and sure enough, my grandma would be cooking. And, and of course, the typical Italian family, they had a, you know, a kitchen in the basement as well as a kitchen on the main floor. And during the holidays, both those ovens and those kitchens would be just going. You'd hear my grandmother just boom, 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 down the stairs, boom, 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 up the stairs. You know, I always laugh at that Sebastian Maniscalco bit where he talks about his grandmother being a, a lasagna factory in the basement. And that's pretty much what it was like, you know. Lasagna, manigot, you know, mustacholi and spaghetti and Italian sausage and all that stuff. I mean, my grandparents' house always smelled like food. But he also had a a baby grand piano, which was a gift from his parents to him when he was young because he wanted to play piano. And, and this piano that he played is still in our family. Um, my brother is has it and it's his piano he was the one that really took to my grandfather and playing piano i was more into sports but nevertheless it still impacted me just as much just in a different way my memories of music begin with my grandfather begin with that piano it means more to my rock and roll journey than anything else And, of course, he wasn't into rock and roll. He was into the crooners and the big bands, you know, Sinatra, Dean Martin, Mel Torme, 
and you know really tried to emulate that and played along with those songs and that's really where my journey began because when i'd wake up i'd either you wake up at my grandparents house to the smell of breakfast or i'd wake up to him playing the piano on a saturday morning or a sunday morning before he went to church he was an usher at the church across the street and i would just listen i, I was four years old, five years old. And I just was amazed by it. And then I would go downstairs, you know, my, my footy pajamas when I was a kid and he'd be playing, he'd be smoking, you know, playing the piano. Of course I would sit next to him inhaling that secondhand smoke. And I would just watch his hands play. My feet would dangle from the bench that we would both be sitting on. And I would just listen to him play. And I was just amazed because he was so good. And you could tell it brought him joy. And that, I think, was the first thing that I noticed about music and what it did to him. It brought him so much joy that made me curious as to what this was, what music was. Still young, still trying to define it. But I knew I liked it, and I knew I liked what it was doing for him because it seemed interesting. My brother, who was three and a half years older than me, was really the one that had him teach. My grandfather had him teach him how to play piano. And my grandfather never really wanted me to touch the keys because as a young kid who liked cookies and treats and stuff like that, I always had like food on my fingers and he didn't want me to touch the the keys on the piano because he didn't want to have to clean it. So I would just have to sit there and watch him play and watch him teach my brother how to play. And he taught me a couple songs. I know a couple of Christmas songs like first Noel and, Jingle bells, I think I know how to play, but you know, of course, it's with one finger. It's not like you know someone who's been playing for a while and, and knows how to play. But I, I I grew up learning how to listen and formulating my ear for music and what sounded good, and it all began with that. Because I wasn't playing, it forced me to really focus and concentrate on what was being played. And to this day, you know, when someone says to me, Jay, you've got a good ear. I really connect that because of my grandfather, because listening, you know, I would either be sitting next to him, listening to him play. I'd be upstairs at the kitchen table, keeping my grandma company as he played, or I'd be sitting on the couch across from the piano in the basement, listening, listening to him play, you know, when he put records on, you know, the big band and, you know, the crooners and of course Sinatra. And like I said, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, these were important moments. I didn't realize how important they were, but it was, it really began to, what my appetite for music and want more again, I didn't really know what I was listening to. I didn't really know what this medium was you know, a form of entertainment. You know, I was trying to figure it all because I was still relatively young and 
listening to him play and having that influence on me. I I still love the piano. I love when a song has piano at the forefront or, you know, it's part of the band or it's part of the song. I'd love that. It's such an interesting instrument. And like any instrument, there has limitations, but each individual player makes it their own, similar to guitar, similar to drums, similar to bass, whatever, whatever instrument that you, you play. I think the only instrument is the voice that doesn't have any limitations. I mean, you think about it, you can sing, do whatever you want to do with your voice. Maybe it's been done before. Maybe it hasn't. But there's no set limitation for it. But anyway. So the, so the piano was a very important instrument to me. My grandfather was very important. It was the first destination in my journey into music, into rock. And I don't know if I ever would have gotten into music if it wasn't for that. If it wasn't for those moments where it was prepping my ear to hear the instrument, hear the playing. I've often thought about that. I've often thought about where my musical taste would have been without my grandfather and that piano. Obviously, my brother, who was older, was into rock music, and I got a lot of my music from him. Pretty much everything I got for the first few years was from my brother uh, in terms of rock music. But I don't know if I would have appreciated it as much as I do and the passion I have for it without being exposed so early on in life, four or five years old. And how that piano was also the center of family gatherings. You know, when my grandparents would have Christmas Eve, which was a really big holiday in my family, or they would have a holiday party with my cousins and my uncles and friends of the family. At some point, During that holiday or at that party, my grandfather would get behind that piano and the whole room, the whole house would love it. Whether they were sitting in a haze of smoke in the basement, because that's what they did back in the late 70s and early 80s, or upstairs in the kitchen, you could could hear that piano echo through the house, an old bungalow style house uh, just outside of Chicago in Schiller Park, Illinois. But I saw the joy it brought my grandfather by playing in front of people and playing the instrument, as I mentioned, but the joy it brought everybody else, people yelling out songs for him to play, singing along to the songs that they were playing uh, or that he was playing. That had a huge, huge impact on me. The power of music was taught to me at a very young age through my grandfather, more so than anyone, but also the reaction and the community that I saw with with people and how it affected people. Observing those moments gave me a passion for listening to music and listening to live music and the importance of a synergy between a crowd whether it's a family of 
25 people in a basement in a house for a party or 30 people, or whether it's just an audience of one with myself sitting next to them. It had a power. Performing music had a power, a distinct power that I saw at a very young age. And my appreciation for music began there, began at those moments. And, you know, the goal of this series that we're going to be starting here at the Hook Rocks is really about that moment for all of you and all my listeners, your special moment, that moment where it made sense, the moment where it gave you your passion for music. Most of us, you know, didn't hear a rock song as our first introduction. You know, most of us, you know, didn't walk into a Van Halen album or a Kiss album or whoever the band is as our first experience. You know, most of us heard music in preschool when they would be teaching us things or kindergarten or whatever, or you'd hear someone play at like a, you know, at, at church, you know, music was a big thing at church. Um, so not to say that it didn't happen, but there's those beginnings, right? Those, those roots that are planted, those seeds that are planted that become the roots of your passion for music that are distinct, that are moments where you can look back and say, that's where it began. Yeah, I'm a rock fan. And I love my rock, hard rock, heavy metal, love my blues. But, and I've talked, the, the conversation I think of the most is with Jade Alicia. We talked about the importance of music education. And this was an education. And this is very important because I don't know if a lot of kids today realize the difficulty of playing a, an instrument and the amount of work that goes into it. I don't know if kids really appreciate, most kids really appreciate the work anything takes these days, right? They're always on their phone, they're on their social media. They don't put the hours of work, or most of them don't, you know, whether it's applied to a sport, a music, you know, an instrument, a, a different form of art, whatever it is. But when you were younger, in my generation and, and before that, you, know, you didn't have cable TV. I didn't have cable when I was four or five. You know, we had basically six channels and basically it was three channels that you watched most of the time. Um, but you didn't really watch a lot of TV. You're out playing. Like for me, I was playing sports. I mean, for instance, I knew where shortstop was in second base before I played organized baseball just because of playing in the neighborhood. That's what you did. And the same thing with music, you know, when I started to hear different instruments, the piano or the trumpet or any type of brass instrument, saxophone, the violin, beautiful instrument. Uh, it all began with that. And it all, it began my appreciation for what people did behind those instruments and how they learned that craft and how they learned to become a musician, whether it's self-taught. My, my grandfather learned by ear. He would pick up things uh, just by listening to that, listening to the song. And I miss him dearly. He's been gone now for 19 years. It was 19 years this past February. And it feels like it was yesterday. He was really the backbone of our family while he lived. He was the center at any party with the family, at any holiday. It was my grandfather because he had such a, 
electric personality. He had such a warm heart, full of empathy. And he loved music and he loved how it connected with his grandsons, my brother and I, and how it connected with him. Like I said, seeing that joy, that smile and, and him going and playing the piano and seeing people interact with him at parties and wanting to hear him play had a, a lasting effect and impact on me. So chapter one of Jay Scott's rock journey, music journey, began with my grandfather just outside of Chicago. 43 years ago, 42 years ago, the seed was planted. And I don't know if I ever got the opportunity to thank him for that. You know, when someone is such a part of your life like that, you never think they're going to go anywhere. And he did end up passing 19 years ago. And I think I was 28 when he passed. I wish I would have had those moments with him. I wish I would have thanked him for that. It didn't dawn on me to do that. Not that I regret not doing it, but I just wish I knew I had a sense of those things back in my late 20s. But wherever you're listening, Grandpa, hope you're hearing this episode. Hope you enjoy the words and the thoughts I have about you because you meant a lot to me. You meant a lot to my passion for music. You meant a lot to why this podcast exists. I love you. I miss you. And thank you. This has been the Hook Rocks Music Journey, Chapter 1. It's 9 o'clock on a Saturday. A regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me. Making love to his tonic and gin He says, son, can you play me a memory? I'm not really sure how it goes But it's sad and it's sweet And I knew it complete When I wore a younger man's clothes It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.